everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Uh, today we're going to switch it up a little bit. Instead of talking so much about lifting and training, we're going to talk about some of the tools we like, some of the gym equipment that we like. Uh, each of us has an extensive background in weightlifting uh, with a minimum of 34 years under our belts. Uh, Marty's experience with, with equipment goes back into the 60s. Jim and I, we go back to uh, probably the early 80s. So we've been through the evolution of a lot of different uh, equipment pieces and tools, and we've seen a lot of results producing products along with um, a bunch of worthless gimmicks along the way too. So guys, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of uh, roll it back a little bit and talk about some of the stuff that, uh, that we started off with. Now I started back in... Um, I, th- I started back probably about 84. And as you know, I'm an equipment manufacturer, which I started in 97. So I've got uh, a good bit of, um, of uh, knowledge on equipment from free weights to strength, to cardio, all that stuff. But in 84 uh, is when I really started. And um, I think I've told you guys before, I, I, was, uh, I started acquiring some different tools. I got a uh, an old Billard barbell set from the neighbor. And then uh, yep. then we moved. Isn't that what, what kind you had, Jim? Billard? Yeah, that, that had that little booklet in there. Had, had the little booklet. Yeah, had the little uh, dumbbell handles. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice little set. So then we moved out to the farm, and I had a little bit more space. And I thought, you know what? I'm reading. I'm reading all these muscle magazines. I was reading uh, Muscle and Fitness at the time, and all that. And I thought, I need at least a bench press. So I didn't have any money. You know, I was maybe 15 years old. So I drew up a uh, a bench press and designed it. And I was going to make it out of uh, wood, out of two by fours. So then my dad took me down to the. Uh, the hardware shop, the, uh, the lumber yard. And I, I got all the bolts and the wood and came back and, and, um, and put that together and started lifting. So that's, that's how I started. And then as I went, as I uh, got stronger and stronger, I got a new bar. I got one of the spin bars, some new plates. Um, and I was using those DP plates back then. Did you guys ever have DP? Uh, I don't think so. That was like they back in the... Tone, like a DPX. You know? I don't Maybe remember. Not. No, I don't think so. That was back in the day. So I had DP. Yeah. I had an arm blaster. I ended up getting one of those. That thing was great. Um, so that's kind of how I started. But just basic tools. And, man, I made gains fast. Of course, in the beginning, I think most people do. But um, just the basic tools, man, will get it done. Yeah. Um, how about you, Jim? What kind of stuff did you start out with? Um, well, we had a basement gym. My buddy Ricky had a basement gym, and that was a squat rack. That was a bench press. This fucking shit. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I got, I got both you guys going with phones? All right. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I don't have no phone. Anyway. Oh, man, you got to so turn that Ricky stuff off. had a squat rack, oh, power idea. rack. A bench, you know, bench you slid in a power rack, yeah. and and he had a lap machine, you know, one of those free swinging around lap machines. <laughs> Didn't have like a cylinder that it goes up and down on, just a wire. 
Um, and then I actually in high school had a physical training class, which was weightlifting. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we had everything in there, dumbbells and, and barbells. But the only time we ever used a machine was the lap machine or, uh, leg extensions. Everybody was into leg extensions back then. Cause you could look at your thighs while you did them. But, yeah. uh, you know, all that stuff that we started off with, uh, you know, was the, the squat rack was sort of like the, where everything took place, you know. Man, I didn't have a, I didn't have a squat rack for. It was two standing. It was a power rack. And there's also a, uh, another basement gym was two standing uprights I had. Man, yeah. I would have, I would have killed to have a squat rack, but I didn't have that till, till later on when I started going yeah. to the gym and all that stuff. So you had there some pretty good stuff to start out with. There wasn't all this, you know. There wasn't any equipment managers. You had Universal, Nautilus, I don't, Weeder. You know, I don't think there was a whole bunch of, you know, it wasn't a glut like it is now, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you had the the old, uh, you had the the Nautilus. They were just starting out in the eighties, and and that was going. They even had Nautilus gyms that were dedicated to to all the Nautilus machines. Yeah. Um, you had the uh, the old Paramount. I think they're Paramount. The old Chrome gymnasiums, the the multi station where you had a shoulder press, you had a leg right. press. Right. Universal. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the Universal. Um, and that's what we had at school. So when we were training for football, we did we did that. We had some free weights and things too. But uh, those Universal gyms were were everywhere. They were usually like Chrome and. Yep. Uh, you know, like orange seat pads or something, or red or something. You know, totally. Hugh Cassidy made his own weights and bars. Who did? Hugh right, Cassidy. Oh yeah, he did. Was it a flywheel, Marty? What was it? He was a welder. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, for the first three years when I started lifting, you know, I had a barbell on the floor. You got really good at all kinds of exercises done with the barbell on the floor. And I wouldn't trade that apprenticeship. I think these kids miss it now. I think these kids don't do any exercises where they're on their feet. John Gamble once told me, he said, Marty, he said, you know, when, when we train D1 football players, he said, we want to give them exercises where they're on their feet. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's all forced creating creating pressure not, through the floor. Yeah, not lying down, laying down. Yeah. You know, that's great. You know, uh, and it's like, but yeah, for three three years, and then the first innovation was a bench, <clears throat> which was a picnic, a reinforced picnic bench with two guys would hand you the weight. Yeah. Okay. Love that. And then your squat racks. Uh, one side was on a step on a stairway down leading down to the basement that was one where one set of weights went the other set of weights went on a step ladder and you stepped out from that and that's where we squatted until somebody figured out how to build a wooden set of squat racks that was the big breakthrough right i was like oh my god we don't have to clean to 200 to do front squats anymore right so, but again, I think that original, the bar on the floor, what is more primal than that? There no, you go. No, yeah, no doubt. I mean, because I was in the same spot you were in. I was, you know, I, when you're that hungry to start lifting weights 
and many of us are in our early teens, it's like you're going to you're going to innovate whatever you need to innovate to make it happen and allow you to train. And I have my own experience with a a picnic bench and uh and all that. And in fact, I had one of those little plastic weight sets, right? Uh this what was after No, this was actually before the billard. This was sand in there. Yeah, back here in California. That I used to just mess around with, but I remember taking a picnic bench and lining it up with the actual uh, table itself. And the table was too wide for, you couldn't get your hands, if you laid the, the bar out, you couldn't get your hands in there. So what I did was take a ladder and put lay down a ladder right there and put the barbell on top of that. And then I get my hands up under there. Yeah. And it did roll off on me one time, so I don't... Uh, if you're listening to me now and uh, you're thinking about doing that, be careful. Don't do it. No, that would be tragic. All right. So what else is going on? Um, all right. So let's see. Um, so after that, I mean, so we've seen all kinds of tools coming up. Uh, the one thing that we've also seen, too, is a lot of these tools nowadays are it's all about making things easier right and it totally goes against you know why we lift and how you get results and all that everything seems to be made easier because nobody wants to break a sweat anymore um you know that's one of the things that dorian yates has always talked about he said nobody wants to train hard anymore and i think to a certain degree he's right um you know, so I think uh, I think a lot of people just need to get back to the basics and use the the tools that that uh, genuinely work. Um, is, there, is there a question in there? So, yeah. So let's get into some of the equipment that we like. Let's talk about bars. Um. So now, Jim. Now, yeah. Marty, you started uh, with Olympic weightlifting. But that was that was a long time ago. Then yeah. you graduated into powerlifting. Okay. So hey, you, I, hey, I can tell you. Just just ask me. Then I can tell you. Okay. What kind of bars? Well, what kind of bars were you guys using back in the started at, okay, 60s? Well, let, just, just let me let me go and I'll tell you. We started out with five foot exercise bar. We took the revolving sleeve off because we couldn't get enough weight on. We had to put the collars in further. Mm-hmm. Big breakthrough is we got a six foot exercise straight bar. No revolving sleeve. You get so you can clean and press for reps 200 on a non-revolving bar. (laughs) You go to an Olympic bar and it's like, oh, my God, this is like a Ferrari. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. So that's the way we trained. And and we trained with that kind of raw, rugged equipment. And uh, 50-pound plate. So that was the big deal, York 50-pound plates. And they were just solid chunk of black metal that were only only about an inch and a half thick. Yeah. They weren't like the old York plates. The 45s were three inches wide. And, you know, you put four plates on there, and it looks like, oh, my God, yeah. you're going to bend the bar. So uh, for us, the big breakthrough was the power rack. That was the logical extension, and that's the device I use to this day. That's my number one. That is the heart of my progressive resistance training. Yeah, you really can't in and it. around the power rack. Yeah, that's the core. Four yeah, wide, four wide stanchions with long pin in between, 
your allows you to set just below your low point in your squats, just below your low point in your benches, so you can train alone in safe safety. Yeah. You miss a squat, you miss a bench, you just ride it down to the pins and scooch on out. Right. Right. That's fantastic. I have a a single pulley pull down. No, actually it's two two pulley pull down to attachment. Sticks out about another two feet. But it allows, yeah, but yeah, it allows me to do lap pull you know, you load plates yeah. up. <laughs> you load plates up on the thing. But I mean, you could do uh do lat pull downs. I do I do all kinds of good shit. I mean it's yeah. uh uh so between the bar being on the floor, which I know what to do with a barbell or some dumbbells, love dumbbells on the floor, got that mastered. Then with a power rack, all of a sudden you can do squats, you can do benches, limit, you can do partials, you can do partial deads, you can do rack work, right? You can do chin-ups, you can do pull-ups, yeah. right? Because you got the cross member bar. Oh, and if you have the, the simplistic pulley extension, all of a sudden that whole pulley world, push-downs, pull-downs, various grip width, Pull downs, under grip, over grip, narrow grip, wide grip. Oh, triceps, right? I mean, you can do 15 different uh, push down variations with cable, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, within that whatever 10 square feet that houses that power rack, I can have everything I need for progressive resistance training. And the other great thing about a rack, too, is yeah, there's just. Oh, excuse me. One more thing. A, yeah. a bench that inclines. Yeah. Right. Goes from flat to, uh, to yeah, like, upright, like a 90. Upright. Yeah. All the way up. Yeah. And I do everything from press behind the necks to inclines to various degree curls because I, I, like, I like steep incline curls. Oh, yeah. That's a great one for isolating the biceps. I like steep incline tricep work with dumbbells. Uh-huh. Lay back there and let those bells Get big stretch, yeah. stretch down at the bottom, right, yeah. Jim? Yeah. And, you know, a pair of 30s feels like a pair of 100s. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, especially, especially on the 12th rep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of the fourth set. So, anyway, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that we can do. And dumbbells, of course. The more with dumbbells, the more the merrier. I was going to say the other nice thing about a rack too is you can just do so many things. It's limitless. It's only limited by your mind. But yeah. I know you're a big fan of using um, suspension trainers, namely the the cross yes. core. Correct. And the rack makes makes a great anchoring point for that. Yeah, uh, I we we weigh our uh, we don't bolt our. My rack is no super rack, and I know we're going to get into this about how the equipment today is so overbuilt. Mm-hmm. My rack uh, came UPS, and I put it together with uh, a couple of wrenches. Yeah. And that that was 23 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've had world champions train on that thing. No one's come close to breaking this thing down. And this thing looks like a toy compared to the the, the racks that they the monstrosities <laughs> oh my god and and the benches that who needs a handle and wheels on a bench that weighs 120 pounds pat i sent you the picture of the pat casey bench it had like two little skinny uprights yeah it was ridiculous all he right took the, he took the weight off himself i mean you know I was like, all right let's talk about that bench 
Pat Casey. All right, so anybody wants to look at this picture, there's a great picture of Pat Casey. It was, what was it, Marty? Back in the 60s sometime, right? Yeah, mid-60s, 600 pounds. Mid-60s, 600 pounds. He's got these beautiful, and I believe that's a Russian weight, uh, Olympic weight set. Correct. But, but the Pat Casey is just so massive, and the weight set is so massive, and then you look underneath the weight set, and by Casey, this he's got this little this little bench. It's an Olympic bench. Well, it's an Olympic bench, but the uprights are probably a, a foot wide, as wide as the bench whoa, whoa, itself. Whoa, 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 whoa! What is an Olympic bench? I've never for, heard of that for Olympic weightlifting. What, you don't use a bench in Olympic weightlifting. Well, Olympic. you know, you know what I mean. No, I don't. That accommodates an Olympic bar. Usually, they have the big wide uprights. Uh, no, that, that, no, no, that, no, 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 that, that, the wide upright was a breakthrough. Right. At first, they only had the skinny ones, then they figured out that the skinny ones sucked. Oh, and then the catchers that they had, half the time, they just had little half circles, right? The bar that, catches, yeah. Yeah, bar catchers, and, and so you had to hit that thing just right, or yeah. you're going to put it over the back of the bench or drop it on your face. No, that's exactly yeah. right. And I couldn't imagine benching 600 pounds and trying to put it back afterwards. He did by himself. Oh, boy. No, because there's like nothing there to catch it. Off. He didn't get a lift off. He just, uh, no, you guys back then were lifters with, with talent to to be able to land that bar on that little bench. <laughs> and the bodies to show for it. That's why those guys were so built out back then is because they're, the equipment – well, I tell you, to me, it's akin to the nowadays the prison lifters. You know, the guys in prison get fantastic results again with the minimalistic equipment. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's a disadvantage. I think it might be a positive advantage. I think yeah. so too, because when you have less to work with, uh, mentally, you just pour, put more into it. I think. And, I, think uh, the movements, I think the rawer the movement, the deeper the inroad. Yeah. And, you know, what are you going to trump a barbell squat or a bench press with? You know, a uh, fly? Come on. <laughs> well, there isn't. And um, so I did some research on that, that uh, where that bench was, that picture was taken. I, I believe it was taken in San Diego at uh, yep. Stern's we, gym. We, yeah, Leo Stern. Leo Stern. Leo Stern. Yep. And Bill Pearl used to train there. Well, he trained no, Bill Pearl. No. no, Pearl had his own facility. Leo was his friend and photographer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Leo had his, his photography studio at his gym in San Diego. Bill was pretty much an L.A. guy before he moved to Oregon. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, hey, Bill you was were talking man. about bars. Yeah. You know, we're talking about different bars we use. Yeah. Um, I was talking, I was thinking this the other day. I, I emailed Marty about this because I used the bent bar for the first time about two, three weeks ago. Uh, I think they, uh, I guess Iron Mind calls it a buffalo bar. Buffalo and bar, we've got one we call it the beefalo bar. Yeah, it's got like yeah. a three and a half inch bend. Yeah, How, what's it weigh? What's it weigh? Um, I I think it weighs 45. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think there are any bigger let me just yeah. check real quick. so anyway so i i got away from the straight olympic bar after for what the, what's uh, your movement what's your movement 
the squat. Talking about a okay. squat. All right. So I went from the straight bar. When I, I did the straight bar, that really screwed my neck up and all this stuff. So I was like, well, I still want to squat. So I did the safety squat for three or four years straight. And the other day, I, I'm at a gym that's super well equipped. They got all kind of bars. I put that on my back, and it just sticks there, man. Good. And I, it, so it's basically a, an Olympic squat where I have a tendency yes. to start creeping that bar down when my ego gets going a little bit, you know. But you yes. can't. It'll fall off your back. I am. So, so it kept me upright the whole time. I felt yeah, all, great. all leg, all leg, yeah, all felt leg. Great. But so, how did your shoulders feel when you were doing the squat? Well, it's wide. I. It's really wide. It's a lot wider than a regular Olympic bar. But it he, brings, was able, he was able to squat without shoulder pain. Yeah. Yeah, but it brings your 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 grip down, so you're not. It's, it's not that much though. It's not that bad though. So your hands yeah. aren't thrown back as much because you know I know Kirk has that problem. I have that problem. It's you know guys that have been lifting for a while. It's hard to get the your hands back that far. So this oh, kind of helps that a little bit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I'm a, I really like that. Man. Well, the the normal, other th- normal humans don't have that problem. <laughs> the other thing with that too is it's it gives you a little bit more range of motion on the bench, and it also oh, bench, yeah. and it also you know the way that you guys teach you guys teach that the elbows go in, yeah. and if we take a wide grip, if you take a wide grip and bring your elbows in, bring your if you bring your uh, arms down, you'll see that your hands want to kind of go out. So this is more, the bend creates a more ergonomically friendly grip. Mm-hmm. So it takes a little bit less torque off your wrists. All right, yeah. now let me, let me give you one more good reason to use it. Now, Jim, you, you might be savvy enough to know this. Do you know what, if I say the McDonald bar? Uh, Mike McDonald? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. With the uh, so it goes deeper than your upper yeah. body. With the now the reason camp. that the reason that Mike invented that <clears throat> is because he wanted to be able to have dumbbells bigger than one fifties, right? And at the time he couldn't. That was oh yeah, it, that's interesting, man. I did not know that. So so he was like, well, how can I get bigger dumbbells? He says I can't. He said, but I'll invent this bended bar. Huh. And that will give me the same stretch as dumbbells give me. Because with really big dumbbells, they stretch your ass below the level of yeah. the chest, right? Yeah. That's part, of the, that's part of why they're so much harder. So that, he invented that bar. The problem was is he made the bends too severe. Okay. They're like right angles, or not quite right angles, but they're very – there's no slope to it. Right. It's straight. It's not gradual. Yeah, it's not gradual. Now, the bu- that buffalo bar has figured out how to do that gradual. So a lot of guys are using the buffalo bar as really, that's the bar Mike McDonald wanted to invent. Huh. Right? So as, as using that, that super stretch, and he would use a pause at the bottom and really get that extra stretch. He was yeah. big, big on that, that kind of... That's- Stretch, Anderson, stretch and then, then contract. Didn't Paul Anderson sort of uh, come up with that because his bar was bent and it was yeah. more comfortable for him? Yep. Anderson yeah. was doing that. Anderson was also doing upside down dips with these hand um, homemade hand devices that you'd put up near the wall 
And if you could imagine upside down dips weighing 360, I, I, you know, plus flipping himself up there. Yeah. Pretty so, anyway, I really like that Buffalo bar. And then uh, the safety you know, squad like bar. I like the, what's that? How about the safety squad bar? I think you I guys love it. I'm going to go back to it. I just, you know, I'm just so excited to be, you know, working out with a bar. You know yeah. what I mean? So I'm going to do six or eight weeks of this. Yeah. See if I can get some weights on, on up there. And then oh, uh, you'll be back in the races. Then I'll go back. And, you know, I intersperse some hacks in there. So I'm sort of uh, not doing any machine stuff for my legs right now. I'm just doing a bunch of squats. So If you get a good hack machine, I think that's the best. Yeah, they have a really good one. It's just that I've done them, you know, for a couple of years straight now. So it's good. I mean, yeah, I, I like a, a, a good hack machine. They're great. Yeah. yeah, I think there's structurally and we all agree on this something to the squat and the deadlift it's so hard on your body makes your bones stronger you know there's just things with like the hack or any kind of isolation machine that you're not going to get that structural uh you know hardness from or no no but you can't as my father used to say you can't eat steak every day right you know you you got to get away from the from the the key core lifts, yeah. some way, shape, or form. That mm-hmm. otherwise, they'll never be fresh. Yeah, no, I agree mentally, and, and I think you know that same line all the time. Uh, we know people like that who refuse to do any other type of squat but the barbell squat. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep. We sure do. Those overuse injuries are going in that same motion that you've done fifty thousand times. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. you know yeah. I I love the hack too. Now I have. Um, some herniated discs in my back. So I try not to compress my spine, but there's another yeah. kind of hack machine. Yeah. Where it's like a mini hack, and you guys have yeah. probably seen it, but it's like a seat. No, it's like I a haven't. chair. Yeah, it pushes against your lower back instead pushes, of Pushes, and you shoulder. got handles on each side, and it's on, I think it's on a 45-degree angle too. And you you do that, and it's nice because you're not loading the spine. So that's yeah. the yeah, one that you I... Have, you have to put a a shitload of plates on her no, no not really no it's, huh? it's, it's a bit okay. it's a bit no yeah. you know especially if you're if you're going below parallel nice and slow and controlled and all that no you don't need to put a lot on you, you know the story of why Karwaski quit doing leg presses yes you started bitching about putting on all the plates fuck bob and i were it was destroying <laughs> us we were doing all the loading he wasn't loading because he i've got to save myself for the set well, he's a movie star. So we're lighting up like eight <laughs> eight hundred on each side, and Bob's going, "This is destroying my deadlift workout for tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be thinking the same thing, man. And then he he's repping it out, and he finishes, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys can unload that now." And he goes, "I don't really know if that's doing anything." Well, I, I think he did leg presses like once, right? No, 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 no. There was a period there where he was. Did he? he he was yeah. He's pretty diligent when he. A piece he always of did his hacks, hack squats. He did his hack squats. Uh, is that what he tells you? I saw him on video, man. <laughs> well, that cameraman must have been there on the day <laughs> I wasn't. All right, so you what know, else? You, 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 one more thing well, about the hack about, squat. You know who really loved the hack squat was Tom Platts, and he did oh, him like a sissy squat. Those. Yeah, yeah. You ever tried those? That makes your knees feel like you're going to fly in a different direction. Yeah, that and also it'll screw with your sciatic nerve too. Yeah, I can see that because you're pushing your hips out. Yeah, Yeah. like when they say when you let your tailbone lift up in the leg press because it comes so low that it lifts your 
blown off. Yep. And, That's yep. exactly right. And, yep. you know, That's- we're always talking about full range of motion. You have to be careful on the leg press not to overdo the range of motion because that's when your butt starts lifting up a little bit. And yeah, I have a better idea. Just really get good at squatting, and if they have a hack machine, use that. Just let the leg press it go. Yeah, it's just not that good an exercise compared to squats or hacks or even leg extensions. I think as far as isolation, no, it's not. Yeah, but I think it's a useful tool. It's always been a useful tool for me. The um. And just talking about different types of Olympic bars, like for the deadlift, I used to get so happy if when I got to a meet and they and it was like a new bar with that a Texas bar with that rough diamond uh, knurling. Yes. Because I knew I'd never let go of a bar like that. You know, you get to some of these places; these bars are slick, man. Uh, yeah, we we would do that because we had really great grips. So yeah. we, when they guys like you would come to our meets, we had these like greased up bars. <laughs> Actually, I never lost my grip on a dog. <laughs> Chalet would come out and go, oh, how's this? <laughs> from, from, from what I've seen in the industry, the, uh, the aggressiveness on the knurling has been pulling back over the, the past few years. Yeah, because people are bitches. Pe- oh, wow, people you. are messing up their hands. But- oh, it's blood on the shins and their, you know, the whole <clears throat> blood thing. And, you right. Know, what are they- they got to stop the meat every time someone rips well, their now they got to wear those socks that go up to their knees. Well, I'm saying, I mean, it's a whole whole yeah. new world, right? Yeah. Now, now yeah. for Olympic lifting, the quick lifts and stuff like that, I think you want a nice medium neural. Nothing yep, too... Yeah, you do, and you want that sleeve to fly, man. You want, you that want it to be on bearings. Smooth. You want it to be slick. You want that thing yeah. to be And you fast. want the bar a little whippy, too. You, want, you don't want a stiff bar. You want the bar a little whippy. You, know, you, you want it whippy, and that's, and that's one of the things I was going to talk to marty about back in his day i mean there was what was whip there was no whip or anything yeah there was we had was there we, oh we had terrible bars we had yeah, her, think you didn't have that many either so that wasn't use... whip that was your you were warping the bar with all that well, yeah 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 but that was like inch and a what is it inch and an eighth i mean it was the skinny bars made with the really crummy york was not a quality they didn't make quality stuff up there. They made okay stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the, right. at what and, point did they turn it into making those per, those plates just perfect and all that? I don't know. Is that was after Hoffman that, went away? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Olympic lifting died in 1972 when they eliminated the press. That was yeah. the end of Olympic lifting in the United States. We were a nation of pressers. So anyway, but, but, but I'm just saying that those bars back then, they were terrible. Now, yeah. they, were good, they were good for deadlifting. Because well, you could get kind of a rolling start on it, you know. You can just, woo, the, right? the the metallurgy and, and yeah. everything has has advanced so much. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Now most of the manufacturers like us, you know, will actually list the the PSI rating on the bar. Yeah. And and nowadays the bars that are a real good, you know, Olympic bar, a powerlifting bar, just a, a general a, a good bar that'll hold up like in a CrossFit facility, whatever. It's about 190,000 PSI. Um, that's a good, solid bar. It's going to take a lot to really warp that what's thing. A, what's, a, what's a power bar? Well, Kirk's is 190,000. So that's the same PSI. With the his, is, uh, his is 28.5 millimeter diameter. Um, and it's got, we put a real aggressive, he wanted a real aggressive knurling on that. Oh, yeah, of course. And 
the nice thing about the power bar too is you have the the center knurling, which yeah. when you're yeah. squatting, oh, and I hate that when I don't have a center knurling, you feel that on your back and it kind of digs in. Now, now, Marty, you had a squatting accident years ago where the bar the bar kind of slipped off. And yeah, the, we're not going to get into that. All uh, right, no, but was the bar? Did it have the center knurling? Do you remember? Next question. That would have that would have cheese grated your skin Please. right off. Next question. All right, I understand. That's a sensitive question for you. What about um, safety squat bar? Yeah, love it. You know, in the old days, uh, you had the handles on the racks, and then yeah. uh, I thought, of course, I thought I invented it, but I didn't. Obviously, everybody else started doing it too. But then we just they they made you know the handles a little longer. And you could hold onto the handles in front of you, but they were like, you know, you could lift them up, you could move the bar where you sort of where you wanted it, and that's actually a lot harder than grabbing onto the rack because you know you have a tendency to help yourself uh, too much. Um, you know, like I said, after I had back surgery, that's what I used exclusively, and I've been using it on and off. So, you know, that's like five or six years ago. You, we uh, we had a ten week session where everybody used one of those type bars yeah nobody at the end of the 10 weeks everybody went back to regular squatting now there was a there was a, an acclimatization period so when they went back to regular squatting three weeks in we tried to see where we were at and no one gained anything but no one lost anything yeah. i think I think, the, I think the biggest fluctuation was like 20 pounds we yeah. were hoping we were like, oh, we'll do 10, 10 weeks using this device, and then we'll come back, and everybody's squat's going to go up 70 pounds. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but yeah, let me that's ask what you this. Thinking, right? Let we didn't lose No one lost anything there, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Yes. If you watch a guy using one of those, now the bar sits further down the back, right? You sit more upright, just like Jim was describing the Buffalo right. bar. Yeah. yeah. You, right. you forces you to use the correct, Upright torso, vertical shin, nothing but uh, femur moving squat. Right. Yeah, the body doesn't know. Body just wants to be balanced. It doesn't want to fall. And, right. when, and also, you know, the body wants the easiest way. Right. And so this, with this bar, the the, it, the weight is already over the middle of your foot. Where yeah. in the back squat, you got to lean to get it. That's why it's so similar you, to a front squat. It forces you to squat the way Kirk Karwaski squats. But here's my question as far as strength. I want to I want to know if the guys felt if they felt stronger on it because it puts the bar closer oh, I, I to the it. hip hinge. Yeah. I'm, so, so so with the, the deal with the safety squat bar is if you're a uh, a, a squatter who is not an upright squatter or you know and, and use a, a big lean, the safety bar is a bitch when you start off with it. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody oh, well, who does bad. squat more upright, then you can really push the weights on there pretty fast. I remember Rob Wagner was doing like 405 on there, um, my former boss at Penn. And then, you know, he goes, man, you got to try these safety squats. I was using 185 because, man, I, I used a lot of lean. I was like, he's like, oh, what weight did you use, dude? And I was yeah, like, and, and uh, that's, 185. And that's why Rob was an 800 squatter at 198. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. All leg, baby. You, you know, one of the other uh, benefits to that bar, too, is um, if if you've got real issues with your shoulders. I Here's what I heard. And I yeah. and we're I haven't 
sold many of these yet. We just kind of put them up on the site. But from the guys that make our bars, they're saying the they're becoming popular in the military for mm. for guys that are coming back that are injured or yeah. they've well, lost have, their arms or whatever. Because you can I use, use it all the time. Yeah, you can use this bar with no hands. Like Excuse football me. players, baseball pitchers, quarterbacks, uh-huh. um, guys whose shoulders are all banged up. You know, as long as that shoulder can take some pressure on it, mm-hmm. you know, you can definitely use a safety squat bar. Well, I have the best example of all. I don't know why I didn't think of it. That's that's how Kirk's back in the squatting game. Kirk was unable. Okay. Kirk, Kirk can't use yeah. the reg- regular bar. He made that but, handle, didn't he? Yep. But, but he's using this contraption. Yeah. And he's squatting deep and upright, and it's just like he's just might as well have the bar on his back because that's exactly yeah. the way this, he squats with the bar on his back. That's great. That's great. Uh, and he was like, no, oh, I don't know. I don't want to quote me throw any poundage around, but let's say close to 600 for a rocket double. Yeah. All right. And then, you know, just like bang, bang. There you go. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to strain anything. So, so I, I think this is like anything else. This is a very valuable tool that you want to use once in a while, or for some people, they might have to use it uh, exclusively. Instead well, we, of we, we did it. We did it for 10 weeks. Everybody yeah. in, in the gym had just to get away from regular squatting. Yeah, you can do good mornings with it, too. Oh, my God. That's your old squat style. Front squats. That's right. <laughs> good for yeah, front people turn it around. I've never seen I know you said that, Jake, but I never. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you would, man, because it's a front squat anyway. I tell you what, man, when Chuck and I, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. Chuck Miller <laughs> and I, we did seven, what, seven sets of seven one night. In like, about that. Yeah, man. It was Him, and and uh, Tracy, right? Yeah, Tracy too. Yeah. And I asked Tracy about it. She said, oh, "I was just another workout." Chuck's like, "I was ready to die." Well, if you're not used to that type of volume, you know, <laughs> and that type of rest period, you know, did you make him? Did you take him up immediately over to the bamboo lounge and make him drink a? Uh, no, I think a, we went up in my office and had. Well, again, I got you again. again. <laughs> what kind of? Uh, let's talk about plates for a minute, just for a couple of minutes. Now, uh, Marty, you were talking about the the York hundred pounders you guys used to use, and they were just basically a big blob, and they were probably they were cast iron with no coating or anything, so they probably yep. were I don't know maybe about three inches thick or something, three and a half. They were pretty pretty big and pretty cumbersome to haul around. I was smaller then, so my perception would be skewed. Yeah. But the the plates that Kirk always uses in his uh, squat videos and stuff, they're like a uh, and maybe somebody painted them. They're gold, I think. Uh, oh, those are the hundreds. Yeah, the hundreds. So they came that way. Yeah, the hundreds are gold, and then yeah. all these gold ones are black. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then you know, in the nineties came. Well, actually, before that, I mean, they started to be mass marketed in the in the nineties. The grip plates, the grip plates, were, you know, a a, a big step forward in in plates. Um, it really helped, you know, carrying these things across the gym or loading them up on equipment. I immediately um, felt soft as hell when I picked one up. 
<laughs> I immediately got in touch with my feminine side when I picked one of those up. I was like, it's not supposed to be easier. It's not supposed to be easier. Well, it doesn't matter if it's easier when you're loading it up or carrying oh, yeah, it, it I guess. Oh, yeah, it does. Just Jake, when you're lifting it, right? Listen, are you talking about the ones that are hexagon also? Well, no, those are twelve sided. Those are the uh, those are iron grip, which they're the ones that now they didn't invent it. They actually licensed the. Hey, you the can't prior. deadlift with those things. You can't deadlift with those things. I use it for like twisty things over my head. I yeah. grab like one thirty five pound no, plate. If, like, do that and do no, other directions. That's the back. thing. Everybody complains about deadlifting with those because you can't roll it. But uh, other than that, they're pretty good. But um, just, just use them. We use them on top of the. You know, we'll use the regular 100 or 45, and then we'll use that hexagon stuff on top of it because it's easy to get on and off quick. Yeah, well, you know what I like them for, too, is I'll load up a weight stack with them, and they, they stay. you can balance them. Like if I'm going to do the, the Nautilus pullover or something, the stack is yeah. too light, so what I do is take a 25 and balance it on the side of the stack. I don't know what to say. Oh, I see what you mean. Like on the pen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Not no, not on the pin on oh. top of the weight stack. Okay, okay. And it just sits there. Does and, it ever fall and, off? And no. And by the way, that shows you what good form I'm using because the plate stays there, right? It never falls off. Oh, that's incredible. You could have been the third barbarian, brother. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to have controlled movements to keep that plate balanced up there. Let me tell you. So what about? Um, me? stuff what about what about different machines and things like that you guys talk, talk about great dumbbells you got uh, some great yeah. dumbbells man you got some you know what i like you know what i like Lamborghinis. i like the old ones with the big the ball dumbbells with the thin handle you talk about you know what i'm talking about yeah i like thin i you, you know, know i think there's right, somebody Marty, that all like one solid piece of steel man uh i know man those they, are they make you feel like old time circus strong man those were um, now they might have had some welded steel ones too, but um, I think they used to. There was a foundry that made those. I believe it. Man. And they just poured them. You know, there used to be a foundry over here. It was called Bell Foundry in in Southern California. I don't even know if they're around anymore. But they yeah. used to make they used to make the plates for Iron Grip. They used to make uh, manholes, which manhole covers, which oh, I guess God. you're not supposed to call manholes uh, anymore. So. All right, we're getting a little far field here. I I personally like. Wait the, a minute, let's talk about dumbbells. I, I am. That's why I'm trying to get a word in edgewise here. If you let me, what All I right, wanted to ahead. talk about is he's talking about the the raw, ultra simplistic. All right, we talk about dumbbells, bit, and I'm going to talk about those chrome handle with the sort of the they get bigger in the middle and smaller in each end, and they have made of rubber, and they're beautiful. They look like. It looks like a, a, a McLaren, you know, I mean, it's beautiful dumbbells. And again, they're precision to me. I love the way they feel. It's like everything is like, you can tell it's within, it's probably made in Switzerland or some shit. You know what I'm talking about? What you're talking about with the, the ergonomic handle. Yeah. That gets wider in the middle. Yep. And they're made of the heavy outside is heavy duty rubber. Oh you know, yeah. Olympic plate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right? They're beautiful in there, and they're fantastic. They're almost like they're aerodynamic <laughs> as you're as you're pushing them. Or well, if you them. work out fast, then I guess that's an advantage. Oh, it must be so expensive, <laughs> Marty. I mean, uh, JP, do you sell the center center grip dumbbells? 
I do. We have um, we have a rubber hex dumbbell uh, that has the ergo handles and then the rubber hexagonal shaped heads. Now those are real popular in CrossFit boxes. Uh, no, I mean where you put your hand and it's uh, uh, Donnie Thompson invented it. We'll, we'll talk about it. it it's a uh, it's a different type of dumbbell. It's like a circle. And you put your hand in the middle of it. Oh, oh I know what you're talking about. It's like okay. a, it looks like a, a kettle ball that you put, put it, your hand inside of. Yeah, but you can have a, you know they can go up to 150s. You know they can be huge. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't I haven't used them, and I guess the um, I guess the, the 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 thing about them is it's it really centralizes the. The gravitational pull, like you don't have, it's not a big long dumbbell. Everything yeah. is just right there, so it's it's probably got a pretty cool feel to it. Yeah, it uh, does. My thing about that is, okay, if you got to let them go on a bench, does your hand get somehow caught in there, or is there <laughs> yeah, enough room? Yeah. Uh, my favorite dumbbell is the solid steel dumbbell with a urethane coating. Now, why I like that is because, especially if you're a club owner. Um, the pro style dumbbells, everybody remembers the plate loaded pro style with the Allen bolt in the end. Great dumbbell, oh my God. but, but they loosen up. You drop, everybody throws them and it breaks the bolt. It loosens oh. up. They started loctiting them and they would still bust, uh, bust off and get loose and all that. So it's a big pain in the butt. But if you get a, a, a solid steel dumbbell that's welded, there's no maintenance. There's no bolts or anything. And if it's urethane coated, yeah. uh, it's going to protect your floors. It's yeah. going to protect your equipment. Does it have that curved handle? Some of them do. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Ours, ours do not. We're talking the same thing. I like that. No, we do. And um, it's a compact. It's a real nice, solid. They feel good in your hands because they're so compact. You know, some of these don't. If you get a, uh, we're talking about pro style dumbbells. If you get a, they have uh, rubber coated ones that are monstrous, and I, I still see those. We sell them. Some people like them, but no. think about this: the build no. out is with seven and a half pound plates instead of tens, no. because they have to do seven and a half pounds to make room for the rubber. Doesn't work. So your your hundred pound dumbbell is about the same size as a one forty. It's massive. Yeah, they're huge. But uh, yeah, the urethane dumbbells, man. We sell these to commercial gyms. Military loves them, and they hold up forever. They don't rust. Um, great, man. You got to do dumbbells. You got to do dumbbell stuff, uh, especially for hypertrophy. Dumbbells are superior, in my opinion, except on leg and and back stuff. And what a great. Uh, great way to, to just shake things up. I mean, yeah. So many possibilities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and as far as traveling and things like that, you know, you can have some dumbbells and, you know, easy, easy to get a great workout with them. Yeah. And you can do, you know, and on your benches and things, you know, you could uh, increase your range of motion and just change things up. So um, what about, <laughs> What about machines, uh, Jim? You and I like certain machines. Yeah. Um, well, today I went to the gym and uh, I did uh, incline. So these lever machines, these pendulum, these lever machines, I really like them, man. With the weights way behind the, you know, f really far away from you. 
Mm. Um, and so they have a bunch of starts out really wide grip. No, the, the, the leverage is so poor that you have such poor leverage on there. So that it's, it's so hard is what I mean. Where's your grip width? On the machine. No, it's it's a uh, medium, something okay. like that. Yeah. Right. But anyway, so I did that. I did the incline. Did that's, it, a machine. That, that's a machine. That's an incline. Yeah. It's a plate loaded. Yeah. Okay. Has it, I mean, so is a hammer. I mean, what's different from like a hammer 45 degree incline? It, at, where the weight stack is makes it harder. They, they okay. put it, you're familiar with them, JP, the leverage machines? Yeah, I know exactly legend, what you Legend it, makes some. Uh, yeah. I know Rogers makes some. Yeah, I'm well, well, we sell harder. Legend, so. I love harder. Oh, you do? Well, they have. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. If it's harder, we like it, right? Now, yeah. is, it, is it good range of motion? Yeah, then I did a uh, a seated press, a machine seated press using their device. Yeah, and it wasn't. It, this was a straight. You know, it was a uh, not a decline, not an incline. You know, straight, straight ahead. Straight up. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, it was like uh, simulating flat bench, flat bench flat but you're sitting bench. in a chair. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, and then and then man, I finished up with seated cable crossovers. Um, I forgot the name of the, who makes this, but man, I'm telling you, I'm, you know, cables are great as a finisher. Crossovers, seated. I, I, Not crossovers, flies, flies. I didn't cross flies. them over, so flies. But oh, sitting straight up and keeping your shoulders back. Yeah, was, yeah, I'm stre stretching the shit out of you, right? Yeah, so I did. Yeah. Five, right. Jim, was that on a uh, was that on well, a functional trainer, or was it a specific machine made for that? that it says, yes, and then it has all the. The diagrams, and they got one for shoulders. They got one for back. Oh, that's yeah. um. It's a whole different, uh, you know, it's set aside by itself. Yeah, that's what you call it. I know what brain you're talking about. Yeah, I love. Yeah. It. I mean, I, you I'm know, down. I'm down. You know, hey, Jim, you know what I think? I, I think of machines as like dessert. Yeah, I, I love dessert. Yeah, variety too. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. You know, yeah. and I don't, but I don't want to live on it. You know, here's the thing about these machines. Now they've some of them have gotten a lot better uh, because they 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 uh, uh, they're convergent, they're divergent. You know, they um, they're independent. So they're, they're still not free weights, okay? But if you got to use a machine or you want to switch it up, some of these machines that we're talking about now are damn good. Um, the the thing that you have to really the thing that I notice being in the fitness industry is sometimes you sit down on a piece and, and Jim, you'll probably identify with this for sure. Uh, you sit down on a piece, it, it maybe it's a, a leg extension or some kind of lat row or something like that. And you go, you know what? The engineer, this must've looked great on paper, yeah. but the functionality mm -hmm. sucks. And obviously, because I'll tell you what, a lot of these manufacturers, I'm not going to name any, but some of them that I deal with, uh, these guys don't work out. They don't use the stuff. Right. They, yeah, they have an they, engineer. They, they, it, it, they only know what they know. They only know what they know, and it's apparent in some of the designs because you get on it and you go, you know what, this the, the whole ergonomics and everything just totally sucks. Mm -hmm. The range of motion sucks, and it's like they got to use the the stuff that they sell. But the clientele uh, doesn't know, who? so never the clientele, the users. Well, and I've yeah. said it before. Yeah, I, I, I think everybody knows it's great. Everything works out. The, 
the thing that I always talk about is this, the fitness industry is, is not the furniture industry or whatever, whatever you want to compare it to. The fitness is a whole different thing. You have to know the equipment and, and how it functions. Being able to sell it, maybe knowing a few specs and the price and all that, and the shipping is only a small part of it. You got to know what you're selling your clients. You got to be able to describe how it feels and all the different things you can do. And I'll tell you, and a lot of these products that we've put up on the site are some great pieces. But man, when it's time for me to get information from these cats about specs, and I'm talking from the manufacturer, that's like, it's like I'm talking to a wall. It's like, what? <laughs> what did you say? Because yeah. they don't use any of it. They don't understand how it how it all works. It's sometimes a commodity. They're, they're, sometimes they're too small to fit in. You ever notice that? Somebody's, I go to some of these gyms, and I'm trying to fit in this machine. I'm like, this was not designed by a guy with any well, shoulder width. Now forever. you're being a braggart. <laughs> I mean, you got to be a little spindly dude to fit in them things. No, no, I, I know what you're talking about. In fact, I was just using one today. It's the, uh, the hammer which I which I love, great piece. Uh, it's the front press. Uh-huh. And to get my hands all the way back there, it's like I got to almost get a running start. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know what's the thing with the pedals where you push the pedal down and it brings it forward for you? Yeah. A long time ago, I guess, but that was a good one. Uh, yeah, and one of uh, Jones's 7,000-pound machines. Yeah. So you were around when that first came out, Marty, and I know he took him to Mister America the first time. Oh, I fucking like took up a whole ballroom or something. It was like the appearance of Satan. Yeah, and it just came out of nowhere, and then uh, you know he got and then Peter went on a war path against the machines and stuff. Oh, he was yeah, he was a he was uh, Stalin reincarnated. Yeah, in the fitness world, and man, I'm telling you, man, he he intimidated the science people. He intimidated yeah. medical people. Uh, him and Menser. I mean, I mean, I mean, just just very simple. We don't want to get too far uh-huh. down this path. Yeah. The whole idea. Of, so they say, well, you know, Casey Beatrice could squat four seventy five for twenty, which he can. It was you know a couple inches above parallel, but the, he was he looked great. He was on top of his game, gas to the max. Yeah. But he didn't walk in there and squat four seventy five. He walked in and did one thirty five, two twenty five, three fifteen, three sixty five, four oh five. Men, well, how is that different than what we do? It's just a higher rep top set or a top set with some force reps. Yeah, same thing. They don't walk in off the street and do one set to failure. Bullshit. They walk in and they warm up. So what's that different than what we do? It's not. So. But again, the simplicity of the devices. Do you look at Jones's early equipment? And that was as unidimensional and one dimensional as you could get. I mean, you would push your legs forward, you would uh, pull your arms over, you would move your arms in what was it, a semicircle, wasn't it? What was their bench? Their, oh, the handles were upright. And uh, I didn't understand that whole thing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, no one did. And no one really got any gains on it. Yeah. But it it was a great sales pitch. Everyone would every mall had a Nautilus Center. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And you'd walk in, and there would be thirteen machines, six down each side, one in the middle. And the pitch was: is you did one set on each machine and moved to the next one. Yeah. Now, if you knew Jones's 
original strategy was was one set to failure plus plus forced reps. Well, that needs a training partner, or if you're at a Nautilus center, you need to have one of these guys in the shirts come up and give you the forced reps. Those guys and a highly motivated person to do it. And they're not going to do that. I mean, they that'd be like working in a coal mine. They're going to give forced reps to every client that walks in that place. Oh my god! So, Um, so, but, but but the sophistication of the machine since then. Yeah. It's light years. It's like a the difference between a, a biplane and the space shuttle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Competition, man. Competition and and, and ingenuity uh, and and now now I think that it's possible to make a machine too smooth. You can make it so ball bearing smooth that like you're pushing four hundred pounds, you go, God, that didn't feel like four hundred. Yeah, I keep putting the plates on. Well, well, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of that has to do with different bearings they use. And also, you know, on a cable machine, you know what makes it smoother, too, is a smaller diameter uh, cable. Oh, well, that, wow. that and you makes, know, that improves sales. That makes a big difference. Well, That's everybody wants these. Right. <laughs> everybody. Well, and I'm going to get back to this in a minute, talking about being overbuilt. But everybody wants things overbuilt. But actually, yeah, on the cables... If you want to feel a really smooth, uh, functional trainer, um, you know, our, our friends over there at Tough Stuff, they make theirs with a smaller diameter, diameter cable. When I, The first time I got on it, I go, how the hell is this so smooth? Now, they do use aluminum pulleys instead of nylon, too, so that helps. But it's, they said that the trick is the smaller diameter uh, cable. And they're right, man. That thing is smooth. And that's one of my favorite pieces, too, is the um, the functional trainer. The ones with the arms on the side that go up and go down and and come in and go out. You know what I'm talking about? Not me. No. Jim probably does. It's it's a yeah. the, Usually it's uh, like a two-stack. So yeah. the, the center portion of the machine has two stacks and guide rods. And then to the side, you have these arms that move. You move up, down, and then you can pull the pin and move them in. And you could pull a bench in there and do flies and uh, presses and or, or no bench yeah. and do cable crossovers, all that stuff. Um, one thing I wanted to add, too, Marty, about why I think a lot of this stuff is, is overbuilt. One is obviously aesthetics, right? It looks cool, looks good, looks sleek. They're using all kinds of... Um, uh, tube bending now, tube bending techniques that they didn't have years ago. They're doing oh, yeah. uh, a lot of laser cutting, different things like that. Um, but I think I think another thing too is liability. Um, I know when we were developing that cross core, and I was tasked with the safety testing on the ropes and all that. And we had this hydraulic machine that would pull the rope apart, and we pulled the the housing apart i tested everything on this thing but what we did we wanted i think when we were it was said and done we wanted a tensile strength on that climbing rope to be twice as strong as the the weight capacity that we put on the product and that's for a bunch of different reasons because people are going to go out and do all kinds of stupid things um, I saw a thing on Instagram the other day where somebody was using a, a weighted a, a, a dip chin assist machine as a leg press, right? Yeah, they do push downs on it too. 
So you have to, if as a manufacturer, if you don't try to think of everything, and you never will because there's always something popping up, but you have to protect these people no matter what stupid stuff they're going to do on the machine. I mean, you got people doing that kind of stuff. You got people leg pressing on a Smith machine. There was a case where a lady got hurt doing this. Her trainer told her to do it. Well, she got hurt and then she sues the manufacturer, the club, everybody, because she was using this thing in a way that it was never designed for. So I think uh, in a lot of ways, not only does it look good, but I think the manufacturers want to kind of overcompensate for what they necessarily might not be aware of is coming or how their machine is going to be used. Well, I mean, that's total overkill. It's like designing the wall to hold King Kong out for, you know, a tribe of pygmies. This is just ridiculous. I mean, you've seen the size of these racks. These things can survive direct nuclear hits. (laughs) They're doing... Serious. serious. I mean, I mean, I couldn't believe it. They... We have one in uh, Don's barn that if it was a regular, you couldn't put it in a regular room. It's too tall. It's like 12 oh, yeah. feet tall or something. And it's like, who, who, who is this for? The Harlem Globetrotters? Well, look at the ones in Virginia Beach the same way. Those, yeah, those are. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, a, that's it's what like I had. Right. Yeah, yeah. Nu- nuclear arms race yeah. among equipment manufacturers. And, yeah. and those are like four by four steel, uh, like seven gauge, you know. No, you're right. Yeah. I, I, that is overkill. But and how, you know, how about those benches? My favorite, the 120 pound benches that you have to have wheels and a handle and, and, and young ladies have to get help. Excuse me, could you help move this? Yeah. Because they can't lift it. It's heavier than they can deadlift. Right, but and then but, they got to move it and it's like who needs this? No, that's exactly who decided, right. Who decided that we need the, the 125 pound flat bench because of what the the you know, we had an epidemic of bench collapses and people getting murdered <laughs> with barbells but, crushing their skulls like like exploding. You, you know what? You know and what? Though too, lawsuits. The manufacturers wouldn't do it if the people weren't calling for that. I get coaches and I get oh, pe- I, I, people I that you. want that. And sure. and they have no idea about the strength of metal or welds or, or really, I mean, these racks that we're talking about, you could literally jack a car up on them. Oh, that would be nothing. If not two. Hold a skyscraper on them. And you don't need that, but that's what people want. It looks cool. They go, wow, you know, the thing's four by four steel, seven gauge, it weighs 1,500 pounds. Oh, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, too. And that's the bench. And, that, and that's the bench. The other thing, and I told you this the other day, I've always thought it was funny. All right, so like on a on a weight stack machine, here you have this beautiful machine. The thing will be three by three steel. 11 gauge, the machine will weigh 500 pounds. It's built like a tank. And really, when you examine the machine, the weak link is the pin in the cam. Like if there's an adjustable cam, like say if it's a back machine or something, all the weight is on that little pin. It doesn't even... So therefore, the rest of the machine doesn't even matter. It shows you what an over... A needless overbuild it is. 
right? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a a metal monument around the two pulley system I have in my garage, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the most elemental pulley system there is. And, you know, they can put fancier pulleys, they can put fancier handles, they can have a more elaborate cage to hold the pulleys, but in the end, it is in no way superior. In fact, I think the rawness of my my pull downs, I think it I think it's better. Yeah, I agree with that. We had a hack squat that was like a yeah, it's like rusty you know, and it's like rickety, oh, rickety. Yeah, yeah, you got to struggle through it harder, yeah. right? Like, oh, wait, a, wait a minute. Yeah, I think you're right. So, I, I compare that to the ball bearing smoothness. I did some sort of a inch press machine, and I'm like, oh man. I said this thing is so seductive. It, it was like sitting in run a Cadillac. Away, run away. It was like sitting in a Cadillac es- Escalade, right? Yeah. And it's just uh, the seat was comfortable. The push pattern was great. You felt like, oh man, I'm really doing it. You can use a lot of weight. So oh, I'm so strong. I'm so strong, right? And I said, you know what? I don't think this is doing jack shit. <laughs> Did you bring your popcorn nice. with you? Uh, just about, I mean, you know what? I was <laughs> glad I didn't belong to that facility because I would have a hard time staying away from that thing. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure they had, you know, the equivalent arm machine, something that maybe massages your triceps while you're curling. Yeah. That'd be good, man. Right. You know, or yeah, some sort of a pad that when you're doing the preacher curls, it massages your chest. Right. We've got your arms hanging over the, the, the preacher bench. I'm telling you, there's all kinds of room for technology. <laughs> well, look, there's, there, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. That's what I'm there's, saying. Everybody's inventing new stuff every year. And there's there's stuff that's that's made also not, you know, not absolutely just for healthy guys like us. That you know, we're not going to use some of that stuff. But there's other people that that are rehabbing or older, oh, absolutely, or, yeah. or you know, you know. The th- I think the the industry or, or the segment of the population that's not catered to enough is folks in wheelchairs. Oh God, yeah. Um, we have some pieces that work out well for that, and and um, you know um, upper body ergometers and things like that. And uh, but you look around, and I don't think there's enough equipment for these folks. And I know there's a lot of uh, people like that that need help. Um, Machines are great for the for the feeble and the out of shape and the and the people that that uh, this is the great entry way into progressive resistance training. They just have to be coached enough and schooled enough so that they they tax themselves a little bit. Right. You know, only by skirting around the limits of our current abilities do we uh, over time exceed those abilities right you know and too often the the trainers they're so frightened of working with you know beginners and and really out of shape people that they under train them and they do three sub maximals set to 10 and they're kind of yawning and doing it with one hand as they do it and nobody gets any results <clears throat> but the trainer gets paid and the people think they're doing fitness no they're doing strength training yeah yeah right and and that's the that that's the problem. But no, machines, suspension trainers, 
we love that stuff for getting into the strength game. Absolutely. And even if it's a, a, a line leg extension or line leg curls, what great start exercises for people who can't hardly move. Sit on the bench and just extend your legs. Right. Well, and you've got a great article that's um, that we're going to be posting too on hamstring training, on leg curls, oh, yeah. and things like that. So it's a it's a real good one. I think we're going to post that in about a week or two. Let's. Um, I thought it'd be fun just to go through a, a couple of things. Um, you know, I get asked all kinds of different equipment questions and stuff like that over the years. I just I don't want to take up a lot of time on this, but I just thought it'd be yeah. kind of cool to go over a couple of things. Senior senior citizen lunch hour is over in forty five minutes. Right. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. So w- one of the questions. One of the questions is, okay, so, you know, a lot of this equipment now, plates and dumbbells and things like that, are coated with rubber or urethane, and, and people you know, usually go, well, what the heck's the difference? So there's some pretty important differences. So if you're going to be buying a, a, a pair of dumbbells um, or a set of dumbbells or a set of plates and you want something to kind of protect your floors and um, you're looking at something coated like rubber or urethane. Rubber's always going to be your cheapest alternative. But there's some some cons to that too. Um, Rubber has a tendency to dry out and crack and peel. Um, A lot of the the questions and complaints I've had over the years too is um, a lot of times with these rubber hex dumbbells that we've sold from other manufacturers, <clears throat> they're made with just all this crap that they mix into this rubber. It's not virgin rubber. It's just recycled rubber. They're putting a lot of sulfur in it. So when you get these dumbbells and put them in your, say, your basement gym or whatever, it stinks, right? It smells like rotten eggs down there. Um so that's one of the, and ours don't, by the way. We carry some some nice rubber. We got the smell made, good one. Made for, yeah, they smell like tires more than anything because they're made from uh, virgin rubber. But urethane, on the other hand, and, you know, you're going to pay a little bit more for urethane, but it, it does not dry out, crack, uh, fade, or peel. Um, so it's it's going to hold up, especially in a commercial facility. Um, if you're... You know, and let's face it, a full run of dumbbells from five to one hundred or whatever—that's thousands of dollars. So uh, it's going to be a, a much more sound investment if you go with the urethane. That's not going to end up falling apart on you because people throw them and take big chunks out of the rubber and stuff like that, and usually don't have that with urethane. It holds up much better, and, and there's no odor to it. So that's another thing. Um. Another question is rubber flooring and what thickness should somebody use? And we sell from anybody who's in a, you know, got a home gym to we do uh, small fitness studios, full commercial gyms, military. So the general rule of thumb is usually quarter inches about the the thinnest you want to go. And that's good for residential. That's good for using, you know, little light dumbbells and it can take that impact uh cardio areas things like that now you can get quarter inch in rolls rolled rubber four foot wide 
or or puzzle pieces. If you're going to be if you're you have a, a home gym that where you're going to be lifting some some heavier weights, you can go up to three eighths. Now three eighths is probably the most common rolled rubber there is, and that's the the stuff that's typically in the commercial gyms underneath the weight stack machines and those kind of areas, maybe cardio areas and stuff like that. It's uh, it's good stuff. It can take some impact. It's just not where you want to put um, in, a, in an area where you're having a, a lot of heavy weight drop. Once you get into the half inch and three quarter, that's where you want to put it in the weight room. Three quarter inch, to give you an example, that's that's a horse stall mat, a four by six by three quarter inch. That's what uh, farmers are using for their horses. They're real heavy duty. They're about 96 pounds a piece. You can put those under racks. You can put them under your weight benches for your dumbbell drop, things like that. Um, Your lifting platforms are typically always a three-quarter inch mat. Most of the time, a horse stall mat. So three-quarters is usually what you want for a commercial heavy-duty weight room. You can use half-inch. Um, you know, if in, in some commercial or light commercial facilities, you know, that's, that's pretty good too. But if you can get the three quarter inch, um, there's different kinds of rubber material that they make mats and, and rolls from and all that. Now your cheapest is always going to be the, the plain recycled mats or, or, or rolls. And what they do is is they take um, car and truck tires, old ones, and they're diverted from the landfills. So it's kind of cool because they're not filling up the landfills. They bring them back. They they grind them up. They separate all the the white wall material and the, the steel belts and all that stuff, and it turns into a fine crumb. They then bond that together with a polyurethane, and then they, they, uh, they heat it up and, and make... Uh, for the rolls, they make a big log out of it, and then they, with a big knife, they cut it off, they slice it off into rolls, and then they make mats and things like that, too. Now, that's always going to be your cheapest, um, and we sell a lot of that. It's a good product. The only thing I don't like about that is sometimes, now, if you go to the gym and look at the rubber flooring under your feet, if you're on a machine or something, sometimes you'll see holes right there where people push off during the lift, and that's because those little crumbs are are uh, getting eaten away over time. Uh, the other thing is vulcanized rubber. Now vulcanized vulcanization it takes that same crumb rubber material and they also put sulfur agents in it and stuff and they bake it um, and they vulcanize it and what that does is it greatly increases the tensile strength of of the rubber and What's nice about that, too, is you get a much stronger product uh, that's usually not going to crumb up on you like that. It's going to cost a little bit more. You have to be careful with a vulcanized rubber product that it's not going to stink because they do put sulfur in it. Uh, a good rubber manufacturer that vulcanizes their rubber will put a, an odor mitigant in there. And we use... Uh, one of our manufacturers that does that is Humane, and they actually put a vanilla-scented uh, odor mitigant in there. So it doesn't necessarily come smelling like uh, 
like donuts or, or vanilla or whatever, but it, it cuts way back on that sulfur. So that's another thing you want to look 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 out for. And the, and the other thing is virgin rubber. That's where they mix it up and uh, put additives in it and can mold it into to tiles or diamond plate or whatever. And then they usually do uh, like solid colors and things like that. It's got about the same tensile strength and everything is vulcanized. Um, and it's usually your most expensive option. Um, that's fabulous. All right. The, I know that's a little more than than you care to hear about equipment. You're not a big equipment. Uh, yeah, I knew that. I was I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> can, can I tell you one? Just one more thing, though. Of course, of course. Just one, sure. and it's and it's not yeah. necessarily uh, about equipment but it's getting your equipment to you and the, one of the biggest problems that we run into is shipping and everybody's got everybody fooled that somehow everybody miracles the freight to these customers and it's free right Every, everybody says free shipping let me tell you something nothing is free um do you know how much it costs to send a five to one hundred uh pound set of dumbbells from from coast to coast it's around six hundred bucks, and I don't know oh. any. I don't know any of my competitors that's going to absorb that. Say, say that again. Six hundred dollars to ship them for how how much? Minimum from zero to one fifty. What's the weight from from five to one hundred? That's twenty one hundred pounds. You add uh, oh, pallet and packaging. Okay, twenty one hundred pounds. About oh, another. Okay. So it's about twenty two hundred pounds. I thought you were telling me it was six hundred dollars for a pair of fifty-pound dumbbells. No, to sh- no to ship it. No, twenty one hundred pounds though. Twenty one. But I've got people that call in That's and go. Lot, man. That's a lot of money. I've got a lot of people that call in and go. Well, can I have free shipping? And I go, you know what? You know, on a t-shirt on a t-shirt, not on dumbbell. <laughs> I go, you know what? We're we're honest about it. We say shipping is included in our price. We don't. Everybody says free shipping to me. That is just so misleading, and I don't think a lot of people should do that. I think they ought to be a little bit more honest. Price in the catalog, right? So instead of twenty one hundred, it's now twenty six seven hundred. Right. Right. You know, and we always we have a bunch of different shipping companies that we work with. We get some great rates, and nobody, and rightfully so, nobody wants to pay shipping. It's you don't get anything out of it. I mean, it's not it's it's not a uh, you know tangible thing so it gets you your stuff and then boom it's it's done so obviously we know you want to pay the least amount for it but it's not free i don't care what anybody's saying out there it is it is in there you're paying for it so just an fyi because i see that all the time and it just bugs me all right understandably so all right was that it yeah, pretty much. Now, if you have like, more questions about rubber flooring, <laughs> you know what, man? We sell a lot of rubber flooring. It's a very, yeah, but it's a very important part of your life. But, but well, yeah, and and any gym you walk into, incorrigible. All right, listen. I just want to say one more thing. Uh, don't miss the purposeful primitive squat and deadlift seminar with Marty Gallagher, Jim Steele, and Kirk Kowalski coming up Saturday, October 26th at CrossFit Concepts in Gaithersburg, Maryland. And then yep. if you want, 
If you want more information on that, go to Facebook, um, go to the Iron Company Facebook page or the Functional Strength Facebook page, uh, and you can sign up there. I don't know if there's any spots left. There might be a couple. In fact, I think there's... Yeah, we're going to have a good uh, teacher-to-student ratio. That's for damn sure. Okay. And Kirk's going to be there. And, I mean, who is there better oh, learned? Yeah, I was just saying, you know, it's, it's, you know, Keith Richards is supposed to show up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Thank um, you. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a blast. I'm giving out... Uh, Free hugs or something. So we're gonna have a blast, man. <laughs> well, free hugs. That's hey, cool. whatever works. All right. I don't care what you guys do. We're Just gonna hold them to that. Train. We'll have to. We'll have a booth. That's right. Grandpa's then... winner. <laughs> and then check oh, out Marty's. Guys. There's only one. Yeah. Okay. Check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with Marty Gallagher at IronCompany.com. Also pick up Marty's books, Purposeful Primitive and yep. Strong Medicine at Iron Company. And uh, if if you're in the market for any gym equipment or flooring, um, I think we all learned a little something about flooring today. So if anybody I needs did, any. I, I did. Organized. You got to be organized. Yep. So well, hit no. us up. And if anybody's looking for uh, urethane dumbbells, we've got these urethane dumbbells in that we can put your logo on. And, I mean, they are one of the best – urethane dumbbells in the business just call in talk to one of my guys and tell them you want the podcast special and they'll take care of you and then um and then finally new gym steel articles can be found in our article section just go to the top of our website click on articles and then select jim steel that's his section there with his articles and you can also check out his website bassbarbell.com for training motivation and programs and uh, I do believe that's it. All right. Time to go. All right, gents. Good one. Go kill. Go kill. Bye.